Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Health Minute by Aqua Omega. And today we are going to be talking about concussions. And with us today, we have Melissa. Uh, Melissa, could you start by introducing yourself, telling us uh, what you do? Sure. So, yeah, I'm Melissa Biscardi, and I'm a manual osteopath and registered nurse working in Toronto. And my practice really focuses on adults who sustained a concussion or concussions or are suffering from post-concussion syndrome. So down the road. And I've been... I've experienced like a concussion now, or could it be like maybe concussions they've had in their youth or any kind of brain trauma? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes people come to me right after injury some or after their third injury. And then I'll also get like the retired MMA fighters who realize, oh, shoot, now I it's time for me to deal with my brain health. Right. So it's a real nice spectrum of people. And um, it's some really important work. I think it's, I think <laughs> it's so important. I mean, just coming back, coming from a, 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 a sports background, and, and, you know, having experienced some concussions myself and seeing so many of my friends that have gotten these concussions and still some friends that are dealing with like, like symptoms of these concussions, like years and years later, I think it's a really fascinating topic. And even watching, you know, my kids and my nephew play sports and kind of like other, these young kids, I think it's such an important um, topic to discuss and to create more awareness uh, for that. So maybe you know you're telling us what you're doing why don't you tell us a little about what your actual formal training is or, or what makes you so specialized into this this uh this category sure so i am a little bit of an anomaly because i come from nursing and then i did my osteopathy diploma and then i did training with the carrick institute and they're down in the states and the carrick institute really has been around for a long long time but they became famous with Sidney Crosby's recovery, right? It's Dr. Carrick who really helped Sidney Crosby with his recovery. And Sidney even gave thanks in recently, Sidney Crosby got like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that just this past season. And he gave a shout out to Dr. Carrick. So my training is from there. And it really is a holistic sort of approach that takes in everything the visual system vestibular system the tissues the diet everything taking a holistic look and then we having the whole body as opposed to just working with one system yeah that's a pretty powerful uh, kind of mention that Sidney Crosby gave there because I, I remember that that injury and that recurring concussion injury. And it seems like, you know, since he's kind of gone and he's had that treatment, he's significantly better. And it's not something that's that's reoccurring as easily or as frequently. So so I mean, I think that speaks to your craft like like, you know, that's a really powerful endorsement. So, um, you know, from there, you know, we talked about quickly awareness, but I mm -hmm. think that you know, let's talk about the importance of the awareness really quickly and how important it is to di diagnose this, not just for like the immediate, because I think everybody, everybody thinks of like a concussion as like just like a bobo you get and it's going to go away and it, and, it, and it gets better on its own if you just don't touch it. And, you know, the whole rest is best and all this kind of thing and just just relax for a little bit and it's going to get better. But from what you've told me in our conversations before, this is this is an injury that can you know have a, a really long term effect if not treated properly now or at some point. 
Absolutely. And it's true that uh, there is more awareness that has happened over the last few years, especially with the movie Concussion. Mm -hmm. But in the past, it was just shake it off, right? Oh, shake it off, get back in the game. And now we know, oh, man, that's not the right approach. So we now know that a concussion is an injury that should be like rehabilitated rest is not best so we're definitely learning a lot and we know a lot better now how to manage them and certainly there is the actual concussion which happens in the acute phase and then if it's mismanaged just like you said people can have persistent symptoms over the long term and then even years down the line there has been some research like I think we mentioned before we got online with dementia and other neurodegenerative diseases. And we're still learning a lot. Some stuff is not cut and dry. But right, like this is all still pretty, pretty new. Like even the concussion protocols in the NFL. And absolutely. Things, this is all new because like you said, it was the shake it off mentality, like get out, take these banging hits and like go, you know. And not guys. too long ago. That's just like a few years <laughs> ago, right? <laughs> and then you just throw them right back into the game. I remember like when I was, you know, playing some junior hockey and I, we talked about this. So there's some of my friends, he took such a big hit that they, they would be thrown up in the locker room, you know, yeah. and then the coaches encouraging them to get back in. The parents are encouraging them to get back into the game. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's all, it's all for, for nothing really, because these, these damages can have a significant impact on your overall health and your overall quality of life for the rest of your life. And you're really young when this is happening. So it's Absolutely. great that there's more awareness. It sounds like there's there's a lot more learnings that are happening and there's a lot more advancement in the treatments that are happening. Sometimes I think parents need perspective, right? So if you look at a professional hockey player and they get a concussion, they are being paid millions of dollars and they sit out. So why are you going to have your son or daughter who's getting paid nothing <laughs> and who's not at that elite level and who doesn't even have access to all the care? Why are you going to throw them back in the game? Right. I, I think it's the it's like we talked about and we can talk we'll touch on it a little later, but I think it's like parents living through their kids. Yeah. But also like team sports are really expensive. So if you're playing like at a at like a, a competitive level at a team sport now, you know, from from you know a financial perspective, it's gonna cost five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars for you to pay for that season for your kid. And most parents are hoping that they're gonna be able to, you know, get a scholarship, get mm -hmm. From junior level and everybody's got this 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 really high hope of their kids making professional hockey but at what cost you know what are you actually what are you actually costing your kid long term uh you know and their brain i mean you can't you can't live without your brain and so if it's damaged you really need to let that heal so um maybe let's talk about early early kind of uh i think we touched on what the concussion actually is i don't know if you want to touch on that some more but what are the early signs of a concussion or what are signs of a concussion in general? Sure. So, I mean, there always has to be some sort of event, right? Either yeah. you smack into someone or something, but you don't actually need a hit to the head, right? You mm -hmm. can slip and fall. The, the concussion is really the shaking of the brain in the skull, mm -hmm. uh, as gross as that sounds. Um, that's what it is. And then you might lose consciousness. You mm -hmm. might not. You might see stars, you might not. So there's a lot of sort of maybe, maybe not. 
and then over the next 24 hours or even the next few days signs that you might have had a concussion are like headache dizziness you could have blurred vision uh, balance issues fatigue is a very big one light and noise sensitivity pops up a lot since we're always on our phones so that's one that like you can notice right away um, and then being irritable or anxious like some mood changes i think a lot of people you touched on something really important i think people automatically associate a concussion with a blow to the to the head mm -hmm. uh, but you know like you mentioned really the shaking of the brain inside the skull and like you know you could just be hit have the the wind knocked out of you yeah. Or just like in the winter, you know, we're coming up on some winter months right now. And, you know, the slip and falls will happen all the time. And I think, it, you know, it happens with young and old people. Mm -hmm. But I think you fall, you know, you fall on your back, you fall on your bum, whatever. And you don't necessarily associate that to a head injury right away. And so there's probably a lot of like, just maybe you don't know the statistics, but how, how often do concussions go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and completely untreated? I don't know the stat, but I think it's pretty high because even people who end up in my office a few weeks later, they will not have realized they had a concussion. Oh, wow. Either because the hit, um, maybe they initially didn't think it was hard enough or there wasn't a hit. Like I've had a bunch of runners slip and not hit their head. And then lo and behold, it was actually like pretty violent shaking. And then they've had a concussion. Right. And so what are the main, what are the actual main causes? You know, when I, as soon as I think of concussion, my brain, my mind goes directly. Sports, to, right? Or, yeah, right away. I mean, I don't know if it's because of my background or whatever, mm -hmm. but I think, and it seems like we talk about a lot of it with sports because obviously since that movie, the concussion movie and the new concussion protocols, you hear about it all the time. Uh, and, you know, you're just constantly watching this and you hear about it. You hear about Sidney Crosby, you hear about these professional athletes, you know, even, even some career ending ones because, you know, I, I just remember being a kid watching Eric Lindros play. He was mm -hmm. a fabulous hockey player and yeah. uh, his career was cut short by concussions because he kept, you know, he, you know, he'd gotten one, then he got another mm -hmm. one. And then, you know, uh, forget that defenseman's name, but he was like a, a career ender. I think it's Thornton or something, not Thornton. I forget his name. Anyway, he played for, for the the Devils and he would just just cream guys. I think Paul Korea was another one that had to get was some back. Was he an enforcer? I think I yeah, saw a documentary. I, I, saw, I saw a documentary about this. I think like at the time too, there wasn't a lot of enforcement, so there was a lot of headshots. Mm -hmm. that would oh happen. yeah, the, the shoulder directly to the jaws, the head, and just oh man, like you, you just see the guy explode and his gear mm -hmm. would fall over the place, and it would just be like, oh my god, he's dead. Like it's it yeah, look how bad it looked. Um, and it, you know the guys would be out for two weeks, and then he'd be back, and I'd be like, "I know it's crazy. crazy. It's yeah. crazy." Now that we know more, it's like that's some crazy stuff. And who knows? Like I don't, you know, we don't have a relationship with these people. Like, mm -hmm. who knows how you know how they're living or what they're doing now? Like, I, I just there's Absolutely. one guy we talked about that I played against when we were playing major junior, and uh, you know he's a pretty big advocate now, and and Daniel Carcillo, and, and he talked yeah. about. It. I think he goes through some of the treatment, the same follows the same kind of treatment protocol that you offer. Um, but, you know, he talks about really openly about the things he goes through. And I think it's 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 fascinating. And I don't know how many how why there's not more people actually going through, you know, through this type of treatment. Yeah, it's really interesting with him, too, because I'm pretty sure he speaks to the fact that it wasn't explained well to him in the beginning. And I remember seeing one of his sort of little documentary clips and he said, 
you play for the memories. So what's the point of playing if I'm not even going to have my memory later on? Like it was really powerful. And yeah. we definitely see just like sports, sports, sports concussions all over the news. That's where more of the research is. But there's a huge that's where the money is too, right? That's where the money is, right? Inventory, right? When you're a professional athlete, you're part of that. You're, you know, you're just a piece of meat, and you're it's inventory true. for that team. And if the inventory is no good, then you know they, that's why there's a lot of research and advancement that happens there. But going back to it, what are the actual main causes? Because I think of that, but it probably represents a very small percentage. Yeah. Of so there is, um, or there are a few more. So motor vehicle accidents. It's okay. huge, right? And that could be car to car, it could be pedestrian. A lot, I see a lot of bicycles right now, like bicycle uh, versus car, basically. Wow. And then falls, especially in the young, the very young and in the elderly. Um, sports, and then random things. Like I had a DJ who got up under the DJ booth and hit her head. So just okay. those like random um, events. What about young kids? Like, I see my, like, I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old at home and she's like, sometimes they whack their head and I'm just like, just standing up from under the table and the, the coffee mm. table or something. And I'm like, oh man, that look like, and she just like, she's tough as nails. Like, off, right? right off, And I'm just like, I wonder if like that actually like you know those little hits to the head actually have any kind of impact you know i mean kids are really resilient for sure and you do need a like a certain amount of force for it to actually be a concussion um so because they're so small they're not putting that much force yes to that's true that's true that's good to know i think a lot of people would, would feel good i know freak know. out every time right yeah, yeah you don't want to think your kid has a concussion every single time they they bump their head um so what about what about concussion myths? Because I'm sure we've all heard something somewhere throughout the time, you know, and, you know, I think about the few that I, the few concussions I've had and it's like, uh, oh, wake them up every, what is it, like every half oh hour, gosh, every, yeah. minutes, or every, you know, wake them up, yeah. make sure that they're okay, you know, rest is best, kind of like, and I, I remember like I had a, f a friend uh, who did play, you know, professional sports and he, he had his career ended by, by concussions and another friend that got into a really bad car accident. Yeah. Um, and they would just like, like almost each of them, at least six months to a year, would just sit in their living room with the lights off, no oh, TV, anything, just crazy. You know, full on depressed, and like because that's what they were told to do, just rest, rest until things start to feel normal again. Yeah, which is you know, rest is not best. It's so terrible that some practitioners are still like living in the dinosaur ages and giving that advice, but the research doesn't support it. We know mm -hmm. that we you know a concussion is a rehabilitative injury and actually yes 24 48 hours you got to take it easy definitely don't need to wake up every half an hour every hour that is totally wrong and no, actually right. like you'll slip into right? a yeah <laughs> like you, you actually need to be resting for that yeah. first little bit yeah. um and you know stay off the screens don't do anything too crazy but at that 48 hour mark um you can go and see a concussion clinician and get on route to recovery and the research shows that early initiation of rehab actually is associated with better outcomes so the exact opposite as the yep. advice that people were given for so many years and it's hard to change mentalities right so people still say oh i'm just gonna rest it off and the other myth that I hate is, oh, I'll just wait and see. 
It's like, okay, well, if you broke your leg, would you just wait and see? No. Or you got some other diagnosis. Like people just, I don't know if it's because it's so, mm, I don't know, hidden inside of us, but people don't respect the brain. I feel like, right? They're just like, oh, I'll just wait and see. Um, but and then people just become used to feeling like tired and lethargic and like low. Exactly. And it just then you have compensations or you just let's say you have a depressed mood. Well, that's just gonna increase the more you are not doing your sport that you want to do, the more you're not seeing your friends, right? The more you're not engaging in life. So waiting and seeing is also a huge myth that I hate. And the other myth that I really hate is, and we kind of touched on this a bit already, but that later on you can't do anything. Like once it's passed, that's it. You're just doomed to be, you know, moody jerk for the rest of your life. But that's not true. The brain is plastic, right? So change can happen and you can improve. You might not be your 20 year old self again, but there's always room for improvement. So that, that's really interesting to me because I think people just, it's kind of like anything in life where I, like even I think like fitness and health and things like that, people just like, I'm too far gone, like forget, yeah. about, it, forget about me. It's just, it's just, they start, there's, there's an acceptance that happens, but it's amazing mm -hmm. here that the, the brain can heal at like any, any age. And I think it's really important to take note of that and that you can, you know, you can improve your health, you can improve your memory, you can improve your mood. Um, even if you have gone through these, these kind of really drastic times. And I think, you know, we talked, we, we I, I, the first person, I, I go back to sports again, but I looked at some of the, you know, the, the, the world greats and some of the athletes and these fighters, Muhammad Ali, and you want, you, you see him and I want, you know, all these blows that they take to the head and he was, you know, rope a dope champ and he, you know, he probably didn't get hit as much as most, but like, you know, what kind of impact could it have had if he would have realized that he could have actually had treatment for this and it could have, he could have recovered. Like how, how much does that improve your quality of life? You know, those last 10, 15 years where you're not, you're not, you know, victim to essentially a brain disease that you could kind of change. Absolutely. And so because I train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I get a lot of fighters, right? Just cause mm -hmm. that's my network. And so I'll work with these MMA fighters and it's amazing, right? Like when you start to improve the mood a little bit, yeah. Even, even just that, right? Even if you can just make someone a little bit less angry and irritable, how much does that improve well, your life? Because it improves your relationships, right? right? And then so little change can actually be big change. But one thing I want to say is you have to commit, right? It's not easy. Nothing is easy. But if you're committing, you say, you know what? this is enough. I want to improve my quality of life, improve my brain health. You can do it. So are there things that they can, because I mean, that's, that's amazing to me because I'm sure that, you know, not to dip into like alcohol and drug dependency, but I'm sure if you're feeling like crap like that, it's a lot easier to start dipping into the alcohol and dipping into the, just kind of like, you know, you take these depressants just to kind of correct your mood or put yourself to sleep or all these kinds of things. So it's, it seems like it's a really slippery slope um and you know and it does take commitment to like anything else to kind of get better and feel better just like taking charge of your health in general but are there i guess what what when someone comes to see you and they've had a concussion or they've had it they you know they experienced a concussion a long time ago what does rehab look like and then also it's like a compound question like how do you is there something you can do to kind of like front load that that process so that if you do get a concussion mm. 
some more preventative measures to kind of reduce the symptoms and and, and help improve the the recovery because I think like you know if, it's always best to be like proactive than reactive. So if you're you're playing sports and you know that you're going to be predisposed or anybody sounds like everybody's pretty you know has a chance of experiencing a concussion, then then you know hydrate. Take some omega threes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Avoid inflammatory foods. Like that's the things that go through my mind. But maybe you kind of take us through the prevention and or, or kind of like what you can do to help reduce. And then when someone actually has a concussion and they come to see you, what's the treatment look like? For sure. And like you're saying, concussions will happen. So how can we make it so that when it happens, maybe it won't be quite so bad? And it really is looking after your health is your body full of like nutritious food and nutrients or is it full of crap? So mm -hmm. if you're walking around already in inflamed or like toxic, that's mm -hmm. not going to bode well if you hit your head. So I totally agree. Omega threes. Um, most people could actually supplement with magnesium in their day to day life. And then on the other end, I would use that both of those in um, concussion rehab. There are a couple other supplements that I really like. GPC is one that's good for brain health. If you're already an athlete, then you already have movement in your life. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, you need movement. Movement is directly related to your brain health. Mm -hmm. So just taking care of your health actually is going to set you up for success, just like in anything else, right? Um, and then on the other end, so let's say, okay, you've been taking care of your health and then you get a concussion. <laughs> so you come into my office and it's a very holistic approach. So we, I do look at diet and sometimes we have to make some changes for maybe six weeks, right? Just setting you up for success. Then there's the supplements and I'll do high dose omegas, magnesium, sometimes creatine. There's some research if you um sustain a concussion and you start creatine soon after that in the long term you'll have less like anxiety and depression so sometimes uh like mm -hmm. it's a very individualized approach mm -hmm. uh then we have to take care of the neck anytime there's a concussion there's also a component of whiplash okay right so we have to say okay what's happening with this neck let's get the neck the shoulders all the cranial tissues in good shape and then we start to look at things like okay is there disturbances in the visual system, in the balance system. And then the last thing is looking at memory and cognition. So you really have, it's a, a stacked rehab, taking care of the foundation, then building on top of that, then building on top of that. And I forgot to say the first thing actually is the nervous system. So that would, and there's lots of research behind this using actually aerobic exercise. So again, the opposite of what we've been told for many years, because it was rest. But now we know that actually aerobic exercise is the first thing you should do. And yeah. because it promotes a healthy nervous system, circulation. So I'll get people, some people can only walk. Lots of blood right? flow, lots of oxygen to the brain, exactly. to the brain craving. So yeah, so there are multiple components that we put together to what do you recommend at first can get up go for a walk get outside get some fresh air just move exactly. a little bit because you're not you're obviously not gonna you probably feel like you're gonna throw up if you get out and you start trying to lift some weights or do you like yeah. your regular kind of, don't do some, that yeah, just move, right? walk at a conversation pace if you okay. can't do anything else if you can't you're like no i can't even go see melissa i'm not ready for it go take a walk yeah. get that flowing it sounds like super important. How how big of a role does hydration play too? Oh, it's huge, right? Our body's 70% water. 
So mm-hmm. we need it for all of It's that's something so simple that you can do to help prevent. And even if you're dehydrated, it makes you feel like crap, right? Yeah. So is it the dehydration or is it the concussion? Yeah. So some of it is like, okay, what else are you doing to your body? Is this really a concussion? Or is it the fact that you've been eating burgers every day? You haven't had an ounce of water. You haven't slept. Right? Tons, of, tons of alcohol. Yeah. And, and, and kind of like trying to drink alcohol to pass out, you're not really getting a deep REM sleep. So you're not getting any kind of restorative sleep. So you're just like, yeah, you become your own worst enemy, right? Essentially. Um, so what about, what about in sports? Like, what would you, what would you like to see kind of change or any kind of protocols that should be put into place to help uh, kind of minimize long-term damage or maybe even create more accountability? Yeah. So, I mean, some changes have already been put in place, which is great in terms of, you know, at the younger ages, no contact and they sort of introduce the contact in different age groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, and now you do need a doctor to clear you to get you back in the game. So like I can't sign off on an athlete because I'm a nurse, I'm not a doctor. They actually have to get a physician signature. But as we were talking about before, one of the things is that actually discourages some patients from being diagnosed with a concussion because they don't want to sit out, right? So parents, like, like if you're so financially invested into this season, and there's only a you know 28 or 32 game schedule, and you're you've got a concussion, and you're set to miss maybe six weeks before you get any kind of clearance to play. It's half the season, and so you know like they're self-diagnosing. It's like, or maybe pushing them back a little bit too soon. But like maybe just to help people and or parents understand the perspective that's behind that. What's the actual risk? Like, what are you risking when you're doing this? Because you know, anytime I see somebody that has a concussion, you know, Sidney Crosby is the exception because he's now he's had proper treatment, he's bounced back, and he doesn't seem as susceptible to them. But it seems like once you get one, you can get them, they, they become easier to get, and, and, they become, and the severity goes up as well, and the, the side effects go up as well. For sure. And even there is, so let's say I sustain a concussion, there's a window there after I've sustained the concussion where it's easier to get another concussion. And then in the worst case scenario, like for example, Rowan's law happened because um, she sustained a number of concussions in a short period of time. And then she sustained another one and ended up passing away. So if anything, just her story should ring bells and alarms in parents and say, oh, wait, you know what? This is serious. Like, i rather my kids sit out than go in and risk another concussion. I would, feel, I would absolutely feel that way. But I know just being young and being in sports and seeing parents and even seeing parents now, like in some things, it's like, man, like you got to play. You got to get noticed. You got to try to, you know, I don't know if they're living through their kids or they're, try, you know, there's always that hope for that that scholarship or the big dream of becoming a professional athlete, but God, like, yeah, what, when you sustain like, that concussion, you're at a higher risk for uh, lower extremity injury. So you can put them back in the game and then they're going to, they're going to injure their leg and they're going to be out of the game. So what, what causes that? That's I didn't know that. That's yeah, really yeah. it the motor skills kind of go down or it's just, you're, you're just more susceptible to getting hurt. So, um, well, certainly, the balance system and your coordination like if you're not rehabbing everything and making sure okay everything is 
in shape to get back in the game that you're, you're going to be at risk even in terms of eye movements if your eye movements are a little bit off where you are perceiving things to be versus where they are can be huge it can be the difference between hitting a goal not hitting a goal hitting a person not hitting a person that's in, yeah that's remarkable to think that, that so but i think like too like you know like you said you push 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 and i think that you know we talked about you know professional athletes they're getting paid millions of dollars to play these sports and of course there's a lot of attention that goes to that mm -hmm. but these kids they're not making millions of dollars and the odds of an of a kid making a professional sport is is so slim okay. to none you know and i think it's a great way to kind of you know uh, develop friendships relationships develop character and all this kind of stuff but I, I do think there needs to be a lot of awareness around these injuries and these specifically brain injuries. Because, yeah, like, look, I broke my hands. I broke my wrists. I did like, a bunch of injuries I had playing sports. But I can deal with that. You know, like we fixed it and whatever. And I don't have these like long recurring kind of problems uh, in my my overall health. But these brain injuries, well, that's a that's a big price to pay. You know, when you're when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old and you've got like, you know, 80% of your life left to live. Yeah, like what are you, that's a big sacrifice to make for a very, very small chance. And so you need to be really aware of these. these yeah, and it problems. really is up to the parents because kids don't have perspective, no. right? You're gonna, do, you're gonna do whatever your parent or your coach tells you to do at that mm -hmm. point. You're, you've built up this dream in your head as well and you wanna make it and you wanna do all these things. And so they're not gonna sit back and look at that. You know, you, you live in the now when you're a kid, you don't live in the future. You don't have enough awareness around that. So it is really important to take control of that and to put these new protocols. And if they did, if they would make it mandatory, well, they did make it mandatory, like you said, for the for the uh, the doctor's note to go back in, but it just prevents diagnosis. It prevents people from, uh, just let's just shake that one off and like, yeah, maybe miss a week. And you know, when you start to feel it a little bit better. And of course, even as a kid, you know, you would never, if you're, if you're that eager to go play and eager to please your parents and all those kinds of stuff, you're never going to tell them how super crappy you feel. Like it's just not going to happen. So you're just going to suck it up. And then there's probably a lot of long-term issues that actually happen. So yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, great work on social media to say if you notice your teammate is acting a little bit different, like building a camaraderie where teammates look out for each other. And I think that is hugely important, right? Like if you think your teammate maybe sustained a concussion and it went under the radar, like offer support and maybe try and get them checked out or tell the coach. And, and I think that's a great idea. Like everyone has to look out for each other. Yeah, you see that, you see that, like, you know, the, the professional sports unions and stuff like that, they really take care of their players now and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, but when you're when you're a kid and you're playing some junior hockey and you're trying to make it to the next level, you don't want to be per perceived as a wine ass and get blacklisted, you know? And so yeah. it's like this whole stigma that needs to go away to understand, like, hey, like, don't don't sacrifice your overall health. So so in your practice, uh, like, who's who's coming to see you? Like, what are, what are the main people you're treating when you're in practice? Yeah, so I would say it is a little bit of a spectrum from the person who, like the DJ, who hit her head on the DJ booth and this acute concussion or an acute sports concussion. Like I said, I get a lot of the martial arts guys mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of motor vehicle accidents, right, or cyclists. And then the people who've sustained four or five concussions, they've kind of been through the system and they still are not feeling quite right and they want to know, like, can I get better? I'm still getting headaches. I'm still getting this or that. And so, yeah, so it's definitely always interesting. <laughs> no professional sports teams? 
no professional I, sports I think teams. Like I think it's so like I think it would be so beneficial for for these sports teams to do this because I just I I don't know enough about it, but I'm guessing that you know even this preventative treatment or even getting some of these treatments ahead of time because you know like it's just a matter of time. If you're a professional athlete and you're in a contact sport, you're going to get a concussion or some type of concussion at some point or not. Depends on the severity of it. Like I don't understand that concussion protocol. If it's like oh if you're just a little bit concussed or if it's like there's like a spectrum that they put you on. Um, but uh, I I would assume there'd be tons of benefit just preparing for the inevitable. That sounds so like dark, but you're right. Yeah. right. It is inevitable. And I mean, I hope that they're working with someone like me at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're definitely becoming more open to it and even using some objective measures. So like in my practice, I have VR goggles. So we get a really objective measure of the eye movements and the eyes are the brain. Like the eyes are literally brain that got squeezed out during development and then other objective measures for balance, reaction time, memory. So I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And that is more common now in the sports teams and now in some general practices like myself. Mm -hmm. So what what can people do now that could help kind of, again, going back to this, to reduce the, the effects of concussions, the symptoms, you know, we talked about diet, nutrition, all those kinds of things. What's your recommendation, like, like for someone that's doing nothing? Like, what do you need to start doing now to, to kind of reduce this? Um, and then kind of like, you know, if it happens, obviously go see a concussion specialist. Yeah, so I would say, so let's say not just like anybody listening to, to this podcast, of course, movement, like movement is brain health. So if you're not exercising, especially nowadays, we're all in lockdown, like find yeah. a way to, find a way to exercise. Uh, pay attention to your diet. What can you add to it that is good? And maybe what can you limit a little bit? And um, get a baseline test. Okay, so for example, I just went in for my um, brain check-in with my practitioner and I'm pretty good in the percentiles, but I want to be better, right? Like see where you're at. Maybe you haven't even had a concussion, but let's see where you're at because there's always room for improvement. Like I want to be the top person that's ever scored in the universe, right? So what's what's a baseline test? Because I it's interesting. I feel like I want to get my brain measured now, like to see where I'm where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. So for example, it would involve like the eye testing, the VR goggles, how are your eye movements compared to what they should be? How fast are your eye movements? How accurate are they? Because that reflects certainly certain areas of the brain and how you're taking in the environment around you. So even in terms of risk of falls, that's important. And then your balance. Um, which is important, but also as we age, right? Again, around falls, then your memory, like how good is your memory? Reaction time, visual processing, executive functioning, this is, which is your frontal lobe. So it's just looking at all the different areas of the brain. Yeah, it's fascinating. Just brain health health in general, it sounds like, so is it age specific, the test? Like where you see how you kind of score? Yeah, you would look um, at age and sex. Okay. And so, because that you mentioned something like as you get older and the slip and falls and the things, because that happens. That's, a, you know, you start oh, to lose yeah. your balance, you start to lose mobility, you start to lose all these things. So, you can actually train your brain not just to protect against concussions, but you can train your brain to age well. Yes, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and I always say like your example of who you want to be like when you're 93 should be the sharpest 93 year old you've ever met, not yeah. the one who's drooling, right? Yeah. So they'll be move, like moving and exercising and yeah. like marathons, all that stuff. Yeah, we talk about that here all the time, but we, we, we see like the aging process as like an oxidation where it's like you can you can rust like an old car in a field. Or you can age like a you know like a fine vintage car that's at the show, right. you know, car shows and so and that all comes down to how often how well you're taking care of yourself. But this this sounds really really interesting. Maybe we'll do a, a follow up show on the baseline test so people oh, kind of get sure. there and, and kind of do these these baseline tests and really understand their brain and how Im improving your brain health will improve your overall health because i think people think health obviously they think the physical aspect of the health of the body and, and all these kinds of things like that but I, well yeah. even like in terms of memory often people just accept memory loss which they shouldn't right. you shouldn't be forgetting as you age maybe a little bit but not the amount that we accept it right just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal you get that so much i think like and I think, you know, when we do the after show, Galvin can pop in, but it's, it is one of like, like I basically pain, uh, fatigue and memory loss. These are the three main reasons people are coming to us when they're looking for an omega three and they're like, I just can't remember things anymore. Like, I just feel like my, and they start optimizing the omega threes, reducing the inflammatory foods, move around a little bit and all of a sudden their brain starts to work better and feel better and they retain and remember information better. But like, even, even myself, like honestly, like before kind of talking to you and doing these things, I don't, I didn't really, you know, you don't really associate kind of like aging well with my my brain, but obviously you should, you should be, it's one of the most important things, you know, your heart, your brain, your gut, your, your joints, your body, like you, you want to feel good and you want to age well, but if you can't remember anything and you're sitting in a chair drooling, like you said, <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? Like, what am I doing here? Right? Like it's, it's really, it's really. I always say, okay, if you forget your keys, that's okay. But if you forget what your keys are for, it's not. So you need exactly. to intervene when you forget where your keys are. Right, right. right? And for, my, for myself, I know like, you know, my grandmother's got dementia. And so this kind of like, it runs, it kind of runs in the family. And I think you're, you know, there's a certain genetically genetic predisposition to some of these conditions and stuff like that so you can but you can protect yourself against them or reduce the risk uh significantly with diet exercise and kind of just taking care of your overall health so um yeah that's fascinating we'll have to do a follow-up on that the, sure. uh, so you i love brain optimization <laughs> i love you know i think that you know and i think it goes into like that life hacking and the diet and the healthy fats and all these kind of like amazing things and kind of like and you know it you know when you're eating well and you're moving well and it feels like your brain is just firing on a different level it just like it feels good right you just want to do that you want to do more of that and i think helping people understand how they can do that and have their brain firing like that it's amazing so um Talking about diet, like the like uh, self diagnosis and things like that, I think you've got a fantastic free uh, resource that that's available and downloadable. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, sure. So I think everyone should print it, put it in your first aid kit. It's called mm -hmm. Concussed Now What. It has the red flags if. Um, you or a loved one has sustained a concussion and then it has tips on what to do and what not to do in the first 24 hours. So if you get a concussion, you're not going to want to say, oh my God, what podcast was that? I need to go find it and see what the resource is. So just print it, put it somewhere. And then should a concussion happen, you'll know where it is. 
Yeah, we're going to make sure to share that on the link uh, on the podcast and on our social media as well. Uh, do you want to mention where they can actually go find it if it's uh, if they're just sure. looking up? So rehablab.ca and then actually something will pop up and then you can click and just get the resource. So we'll be sharing the link, but if you need to go find it, go look for it on rehablab.ca. And uh, this has been a fantastic show. I love the topic. I love the issue of the brain health. I'm looking forward to doing a follow episode already. And uh, <laughs> plug your social media, your social media handle. People can go like and follow you because um, you're always providing some great content there as well. Yes, at the.rehab.lab. Um, that's where everything happens. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a fantastic show. And uh, I'm sure tons of people are going to get great information here. Thanks for having me. Bye.